And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. We've got a bonus post-game live chat for you here, brought to you by our good friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. You gotta hook up with them because they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you book a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. They have got a great deal for you, too, because they're huge Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. you got to get some teeth cleaning done. You may as well get it done with some people who know a little bit of sports, who can share with you share with in, you your, in Colorado your Colorado Rockies, Rockies and Colorado, and Colorado sports, sports sadness. sadness. It has it been, has been a, a day for Colorado, for again, for Colorado, I keep wanting to say Colorado Rockies, but the Avs uh, and Rockies game is basically having the same <laughs> formula here where the home team goes up late and makes you think, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to get this thing done. The Colorado Rockies get the grand slam out of Kevin Pillar after a good start from Antonio Sensatella that looks like maybe it was wasted, but then maybe not. But then it was Patrick again. The bullpen implodes in a 10-6 to loss to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Not a surprise that the Rockies would lose to the Dodgers in this game, but still tough one to swallow for Rockies fans. And I hate to make the wounds any deeper than they already are, but you couple in the Nuggets' embarrassing loss last night to Straight another up. L.A. team, oh. and Colorado as a state is taking the big L on the way out. It's we only spoke Colorado with one L, but it seems like in the past 24 hours it's now three Ls. Big old honking and one, it's, yeah. It's pretty rough that not only did that Pilar Grand Slam make you think, okay, this is a big moment that can almost turn the season around, I think, in a lot of ways. And not turn it around in the sense of, you know, without it, they're, they're in line for a, a top 10 draft pick because they are awful. And now they're going to be, you know, this fantastic team. No, just turn it around from being a team that is going to be scrapping for that, that eighth seed and, and ultimately might fall short to, what do you know, they might take two out of three from the Dodgers. They, they might take two out of three from the Padres, and they might really entrench themselves in the National League and uh, be only the, the sixth team with a winning percentage at 500 or, or higher. Uh, but alas, about six minutes later... Yeah, didn't take long, did it? <laughs> you texted me and, and said something about, well, yeah, now the, the bullpen needs to get six outs, and I was not happy with you. 
uh, for <laughs> just for saying the truth. I don't kill the messenger, but I was like, Drew, you know, we're kind of enjoying that moment a little bit, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. The game is not over until the final out by Kenley Jensen. Um, yeah, yeah, as it turned out, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, it it's funny, right? How um, <laughs> sometimes I've I've cultivated a certain image publicly, and I've worked hard to cultivate that image. But uh, yeah, that I'm I'm no different from anyone else when it comes down to that. That you recognize, okay, they hit a grand slam to put themselves up one, and now they've got to get six outs against the best team in baseball with a bullpen that is known to struggle and Estevez has been mostly very good to this point in the year. And uh, I, I would even submit that the pitch he threw to AJ Pollock was not a bad one. And I didn't think that ball was getting out. It was a good swing. I thought maybe off the bat, double in the gap, maybe Pilar settles under it. I did not think it was going to get out the Jock Peterson one. That ball was gone. <laughs> that ball was crushed. Uh, but the, the pitch to A.J. Pollock, it's moving out and away, right on right. You don't expect that guy to, to take it out. Again, maybe with, with your A swing, you double that in the gap the other way. But Pollock got it out. These Dodgers have hit. I was you know listening into the broadcast. I'm like 75, 76 home runs this season. It's an absurd number. Uh, but still, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, that's, uh, that, that, that's at that point, just tipping your cap to the better team and saying, thought we'd steal one from you tonight. Didn't happen. Yeah, it was, it was tough because as you said, they needed six outs to win the game. And by the time they got the first out, the Dodgers had already scored three runs, right? Pollock with the two-run homer, Peterson with the solo shot, Jeff Hoffman was in there as well, uh, giving up a, a home run there to, to Mookie Betts, and the score just looks like there really wasn't much of a contest. Maybe the Rockies were in it for a little bit, but they were in it for this entire game. Right. You know, they they had an early 1-0 lead. Ryan Maltapia, leadoff home run, his first of the year, in fact. Yeah. And you go, all right, it's it's tap time on the West Coast. Got it. Turned on a good fastball from Dustin May. May threw that ball exactly where he wanted to, and Tapia hit it out. That was a great swing. It's fantastic. Then in the fifth, they take the lead again. Sam Hilliard goes yard against uh, fellow Texan Dustin May, and the Rockies are up 2-1. That was a great at-bat. Now, that pitch that May threw to Hilliard wasn't as good as the one he threw to Tapia, which really was in on the black, and like I said, right where he wanted to. May missed a little bit inside or a little bit closer to the middle of the plate than he wanted there. But that whole at bat, Hilliard saw off a couple of close ones. He fouled off a pitch that was right on the borderline with two strikes up and out away from him. So he had earned that very slight mistake from May to hit that home run to put him up to one. That was a great at bat from Sam Hilliard. For sure. And, you know, Senzatella came in, tried to battle, get through the sixth. Ultimately wasn't able to do it. Uh, did give up a run. It's 2-2 when he comes out of the game. But Michael Givens comes in. Two runners aboard. One out. 
gets AJ Pollock to fly out. That's right. And goes and gets Jack Peterson on the strikeout. Never mind the Pollock. Bite my jock. <laughs> Get off my jock. Excuse right. me. No, and, no, and he does it. I think it works. <laughs> He's left in the game to start the next inning. It kind of, you know, devolves a little bit. But again, everything gets reset when Kevin Pillar comes up with two outs. And that almost didn't happen. It definitely began to feel like, you know what, the Rockies are, are just not going to compete against the Dodgers for whatever reason. The Dodgers are just that good. And even if they make a mistake, the, the Rockies can't capitalize because Fuentes was there on second base with one out. And Story just missed one. He just missed it, flew out to left center. And it was like, ah, uh, that was probably the opportunity with Nolan coming up. Uh, you know, it hasn't been good, but he drew the walk. Blackman got lucky on, I don't know what happened there. It was a little pool cue. That was funky, yeah. It drops in, and you got the bases loaded for Kevin Pillar, and all of a sudden, uh, as I said earlier, it seemed like destiny was and fate was about to change, and everything, and it the seemed course like... of history, was about to be totally turned yeah. on its head. Two out of three games that Kevin Pillar was going to have the big hit for the Rockies. Here's the new guy bringing him new energy. And then you can even mentally start to sell yourself on things like, oh, all that losing to the Dodgers, all that like two for our last 20 or whatever against the Dodgers. That was pre-Kevin Pillar. Now we got this guy that hits grand salamis in L.A. You know, it's it's nonsense, but you sell yourself on that kind of stuff. Every you have as a baseball team, anything you can hang on to, you will buy into. And the Rockies could have had a mental edge to buy into, to hang on to against the Dodgers that they haven't had in literally a year plus, and and they weren't able to get it out there tonight. And and frustrating, but I also don't think a killer. You know, I was on the Denver Sports podcast earlier today just before the abs game. And I was saying, look, the odds are not high. They come out of either of these series with series wins, this road trip with a great trip. And if they take a game in each series, no Rockies fan is going to feel great about that. And no member of the media is going to say, Hey, watch out for those Rockies. But if they can do that and play good baseball throughout the series, they're going to be fine and they'll get into the playoffs. If they play crap baseball and they get swept in these series, they're done. Their season is over. They're cooked. They played good baseball today. Carlos Estevez made a couple of mistakes. Jeff Hoffman made a mistake. That's two guys who've mostly been good for you this year. Shower it off, show up the next day. But they played a good baseball game that they very much could have won today. Didn't go their way. See what happens next. You have to tell yourself those things that, all right, maybe it was one guy. You know, you, you're able to compartmentalize in a way and say, you know, Carlos Estevez lost this game. We as a team beat the Dodgers, but Carlos Estevez was the one who lost to the Dodgers. Hey, you know what? Let's go back out and do the same thing again. Show some chutzpah. Go out, hit some more home runs. And I wasn't saying that because Kevin Pillar is Jewish. I, was, I, I just happened to say that, and you know what? It works because that kid got it. You're right. Yep. Pre-Pilar, 
and we're not going to count the 42 to one drubbing of the Giants on Tuesday night. I think I, did I get that score right, or did I yeah, shave off a couple of Giants? Yeah, seventy-eight to twelve or whatever. Yeah, twelve. So seventy-eight yeah. to twelve on Tuesday. But then right. Pilar goes and changes fate, makes the great defensive play, and then immediately turns around, does it on offense, does yeah. it on Friday night, and you go, wow, the post Pilar team. This is the club, and again, not one man, and he's not going to be an MVP candidate. But no, sometimes but you, you just need a little something mm. to shake it up. You know, Matt Kemp was that guy for the first two weeks and you go, wow, okay. That one little element can change everything. It's, it's quite literally that chemistry where if you drop one thing into another, you could have an explosion. You don't want that. But if you, if you mix sodium, you mix chloride, mm, that's some delicious salt that you can put on your, your corn. You can enjoy it. And Mm. you got yourself a nice little treat there. Mm. Big, big, Big salt guy. I do want to answer this question. We'll, we're going to get back into this, but the big picture question here from our, our friend Andy asking, do y'all wish you reported for a winning organization? And I want to answer this question very, very honestly. This is where I always get disappointed where I'm like, maybe we should save this for the podcast. We'll see what happens. But um, honestly, no, because, and I've actually talked to our friend, uh, talking Jake off record about this, and maybe we should talk to him on record about this a little bit, but you know, they cover the Yankees and they're huge Yankees guys and have been their whole lives, which means basically they expect to win every single year. And when they were kids, they did, they won all the damn time. And so it was just ingrained in them. The World Series championships are just things that should happen. And they haven't played for a World Series in over a decade. And they expect to every single season. And the Dodgers have exactly as many World Series championships during the existence of the Colorado Rockies as the Colorado Rockies. They've won one in my lifetime. The Dodgers have. And they expect to win every year because they make $2 billion and they spend a billion on roster and analytics and everything and their everything else that they do. They expect to win. And because it's baseball, they don't. They might eventually, they might sometimes, but isn't less pain in being a fan of one of those teams. It's just a different kind of pain. But when your team wins, if you're the Colorado Rockies or the Cincinnati Reds or the Seattle Mariners or the San Diego Padres, I've got to tip my cap as much as that franchise and the way they're covered bothers me. It matters more to you because you didn't expect it at the beginning of the year. You hoped for it. To me, I've always rooted for the underdog. I'm a comic book fan. I like Spider-Man. He's a 16-year-old skinny little kid, you know. Drew, you always, uh, you, you very frequently have really good answers to questions. That might be my favorite answer that you've ever had to any question. Uh, seriously. You know, because, you know, I was a Yankees fan 
growing up as a kid. And that was one of the, that was actually a turnoff for me as, as a Yankee fan. I'll always be, you know, a Yankee fan at, at my heart because of all the memories I, I had in the, you know, the original Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, the post-renovation in the 70s, but the original Yankee Stadium and, and, and all of the, just all the memories I have with my father and the connection I have to the organization, that will always be there. But yeah, in the early 2000s, it really, it wasn't fun because precisely as you said, you begin to expect success. And then it's like, okay, I can really start to feel something good when they lock up the ALCS and now it's the World Series. So you've got one week where you're on you know, the edge of your, feet, your edge of your seat saying, Hey, maybe these guys can do it. Up to that point, you're like, well, they better. They they're they're paying seventy million dollars to Johnny Damon. They're giving a hundred million dollars to Jason Giambi. They they've just got money to spend on everybody. And when you expect to win, it wasn't fun. So uh, instead of driving north for baseball, me I drove west to Philadelphia, where the Phillies sucked, and that was fun for me to go to Veteran Stadium and an empty. Uh, concrete donut, as they called it, and I got to enjoy that dump, but it was my dump, and that was what made it really fun, is to see how bad those teams were and get to learn about their prospects, and they got better, and they slowly became the team uh, of destiny, and then that didn't get to be quite as much fun, so uh, when, you know, that that question is, is asked, you know, do you wish you reported for a winning team? No, I, I just want to cover baseball. You know, I, I would I would joke, you know, 20 years ago that I, I would I wish I, I grew up in Kansas City following the Royals. Again, this is before they had won a World Series, when they just sucked, right? Because that's then it then it's mine and then it means that much more, especially when there's nobody on the bandwagon. Or especially when you got a seat right up in the front. And everybody that comes on this bandwagon that's jumping on at the last minute, they got to see you and, and talk to you. And you go, let me tell you what it was like. Let yeah. me tell you how bad it was in 2014. Todd Helton was gone, et cetera, et cetera. You're the first guy on the bus. You might even be oh, driving the bus. got hurt every yes. year. <laughs> Precisely. So uh, that's, that's really, in a lot of ways, what makes it that exciting and sure it would be great if the Rockies were one of those teams they're not and that's all right but you know as you said you know Drew about about all of those teams kind of having that baggage um, especially if you're expecting to win all the time and you don't hey you got to deal with that and you know that someone told me once a, a Brazilian friend of mine and I'm not sure how true this is to the to the idiom but you know the grass is greener on the other side and he said that to me once, and I go, yeah, yeah. And he said, do you know why? I go, no, why Why is the grass always greener on the other side? And he said, because it's full of shit. That's newer. <laughs> and I go, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. So that's... devil you know, devil you don't, whatever, grass is greener because you know what? It's all relative, right? I like that. I'm going to have to use that. <laughs> I really do. And, you know, somebody said to me today after the Avs loss, because I said, you know, my, my most frustrating thing about the Avs season being over is that I just became a fan this year and I wanted to watch more hockey. 
right? That really is the most heartbreaking thing about when your team isn't good is that they stop playing sooner and you don't get to turn on the TV or watch them on the computer or watch them on your phone the next day. And that, that hurts. Right. And it, it had been a while since I had just as a, just as a fan of a thing experienced that like, Oh damn, like the Avs aren't going to play a meaningful game again for a while. And that's brutal. I was enjoying sort of working my schedule around, you know, getting my breaks so that I could watch the abs play. And somebody responded and said, you know, yeah, but it's great, man. You jumped in at the right time because it's such a team you can believe in and they're run the right way and they've got stars and it's the right time. And, and they're going to have this window of contention. And I really appreciated where this person was coming from, but I also wanted to make it clear that like, that is the definition of bandwagoning. And I have been welcomed aboard that bandwagon. And there's there's nothing wrong with that because the Avs are are a good and, and competitive team and look like they're, they're going to be. But they won't be for my entire life, right? Unless, you know, something tra- tragic happens. Let's hope, let's hope I live a, a decently long life. And if I do the Avs will experience a downtime during that time. And I'm in now. You don't get out. I'm I'm a fan of the, the Colorado Avalanche now. And so I think those of you who are, you know, you're still listening to this, you, you listened to it in 2016 when Trevor Story was great, but you knew they were going nowhere. You know, that you've been around this team for a while. You learn to appreciate those, those times in between when you almost steal one from the Dodgers, but you go, well, didn't happen. Let's see how they come out tomorrow. You never know. It's it, in the game of baseball. Momentum is the next day's starting pitcher, as they say. And, and to use a, a, a baseball reference to, to make what you're saying true about those down moments that every organization has. If, and we've we've said this before on the podcast a few times. If when you hear the name Johan Flond and it makes you smile, you're a good Rockies fan. Yeah. Now, if you don't, that's okay. Maybe maybe you're new. Maybe maybe you just recently moved to Colorado. Whatever it is. But when I moved to Colorado seven years ago and started following this team and, and pulling for them, I got to know know guys like. Johan Flond. And when you hear that, you and people know who that is, you go, okay, you're all right. You've been through it too. You you didn't jump on the bandwagon and and buy one of the last tickets on StubHub when the prices were going up and there was just all this juice. You were there when, you know, hey, free rides on on Tuesday morning. And you're like, yes, please. Thank you. I would love to, to jump on that bus that's completely abandoned. And have my pick of the of the seat in the right field upper deck before it was even the party deck. So, right, that's that's one of the the beautiful things uh, about about fandom. And you know, momentum being the next day starting pitcher. If we were talking about this on Thursday, we would have talked about Antonio Senzatella. And frankly, he's our draft king, draft kings, king of the game. Yeah. After throwing five and a third innings pitched, 
two earned runs, no walks either, did a fantastic job of keeping his team in the game. And, you know, doesn't get the loss. Uh, and then he wouldn't have gotten the loss in, in, in any scenario there. So uh, hats off to him. In this case, crown off to him as our DraftKings king <laughs> of the game. And Jimmy Use use that code DNVR, but yeah, like <laughs> straight up, man. And and not only that, after giving up all the home runs the last time out against these guys in their house, <clears throat> and then giving up a jack in the first inning, um, I didn't like the pitch selection there. It was a good execution of the pitch. He came up and into Max Muncy. Uh, I don't know what he and Walters are deciding on there. Don't throw that pitch to him. He can catch up to that pitch. You're low and away fastball. Been getting guys to roll it over all game. He threw it on purpose. He threw it where he wanted to. He had just jammed Corey Seager on that same pitch, the at bat before, to get him to roll into a double play. But three I, five one. I, I yeah, the three five one double play. Right. I hated that pitch selection though. It bothered me the second it left his hand. You live with it on a solo home run. Other than that, Sensatella was. Uh, fantastic today and and really I think got the bad taste of of that last time out in LA out of his mouth um, uh, to this point he's I was going to say arguably but maybe not so arguably been the Rockies the argument. yeah he's been the Rockies best pitcher this season yeah he just has been hasn't he who are you who else are you arguing for you're absolutely right he's Blake Freeland I guess maybe yeah yeah maybe now, after his last one, uh, last not so one, much. Two innings, and yeah, that was brutal. But yeah, rebounded big, you know, because he he hasn't pitched historically very well since Zatella against the Dodgers. Had four starts coming into this game. ERA up and around seven. Uh, so, you know, did did a really impressive job. It was only two weeks ago uh, that he had that start. So to, to come back and, you know, and, and do as well as he did, he uh, if you if you put somebody exciting up against him, he is going to meet that that match. You know, I, I think I think there's something too that those guys who they want to know that the pitcher in the opposing dugout that's set up across from them is somebody of, of equal caliber. And and if you're like, ah, this guy, who is this guy? It doesn't matter. But you know what? When you got a Zach Greinke going against you, you go, oh yeah. All right, Zach. We'll 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 see who can really bring it. Sensatella did that. Dustin May. One of the new uh, uh, heartthrobs, yep. if you will. He's he's a he's a fiery young man, and I he's got a look, doesn't he? He's got a yeah. look. Yeah, he's. I'm gonna say fiery. I'll just that's code. But I have a fiery mustache. You can't necessarily tell, but if you're into that carrot top sort of thing, I, he's it's kind of a Kyle Brevzlovsky. If you know, when he takes his hat off, he has this curly, tight uh, red hair. But yeah. he just lets it down. He grew it out a little bit. Yeah. I buy that. Yeah, he looks good. But uh, seventeen and one, Dodgers. When the Rockies come to town, their last eighteen, Dodgers are seventeen and one, uh, and their last twenty-eight overall. The uh, the the Dodgers are twenty-four and four against the Rockies. Twenty-four and four. The last two victories the Rockies have had were September twenty-first of last year. And then you'd have to go back to like July 29th of last year for the last two. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go three back. Things. You got to go to June. So 
It's been bad. Yeah. It's been really bad. You remember that scene in, uh, I think it's Major League Two, where uh, Ricky Vaughn has just surrendered a home run to some dude he's never heard of, no one's ever heard of, and he's in the manager's office afterwards, and he's telling him, hey, the guy hadn't hit a home run in like 785 at-bats or something like that. He was due. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't think that made him feel any better. But, hey, maybe the Rockies are due for a win in L.A. If for no other stupid reason, maybe they'll just win one in L.A. by baseball numbers. Yeah, you know. I almost said athletes aren't smart people, but I'm I'm an athlete. I'm athletic, and I'm yeah. I'm smart. There's a lot of smart guys in in baseball, but sometimes athletes can just be athletes, and they forget about that the the intelligence quotient. You just go, hey, you know what? I have to think positively, so I'm going to believe in this thing. Like I I can remember uh, the last team that I was ever on competitively at. I think I was 22 years old. I was already way past past my prime, but playing with some college ball kids. And I was like, I was the, the, the older guy on the team. So I'd always, you know, spout my wisdom. We did win the championship that year. So I did feel good about that. Not a babe. And one of the young guys on the team, very good ball player, third baseman. I think his name was Bobby. Uh, he was going through a slump. And all I had to do is go, Bobby, you bat 300, right? So you're going to get a hit three out of every 10 times, right? He said, yeah. And I said, you're 0 for your last eight, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, so you're due for two hits, your next two at-bats. And he kind of sat back, and he was like, yeah, that's that's a fact. And he did go out, and he got two hits immediately that's thereafter. That's how that goes. And, and he didn't turn to me and look like, thanks for giving me that. It was just like, no, no, that was – you just reminded me that, of course, I'm, I'm going to get a hit up there. And then when he did, well, he deserves all the credit because he did it, as he should. But it's just one of those things that – all it takes is those guys, and that's what you do. That's how you become a professional. Is you forget about those seven outs you make, and you just remember the three. So Stu Cole's going to get in there, Foster, all those guys, Bud Black, and just say, talk about the positives. Look at the things that they're doing well. And when they go out there tomorrow, it doesn't matter that they lost 81-3 to on Tuesday night. It doesn't matter that the bullpen choked up another one against the Dodgers. It doesn't matter that they haven't won a three-game series against L.A. since 1992. It doesn't matter. None of that. (laughs) I may have some of my facts and figures wrong, but I think for the most part, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, none of that was, you know, specific enough for me. to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Since we have, I think, gone long enough here, and I do want to go ahead and make this an official podcast, I do got to give a shout out to our friends over at WGT Golf, which you can get totally for free at dnvrgolf.com on your laptop or on your phone. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play at world famous golf courses, including St. Andrews and Beth Page Black. You play just about any of us here on the DNVR staff. You can join our country clubs. We've got a third one now that is open because that is how popular and fun this game has been for all of the people here in the DNVR community. Again, you can download it totally for free at dnvrgolf.com. 
having a lot of fun with WGT golf. Oh, so much fun. I, I submit you go and next time you leave them a nice five star review, in the comments say, I can't wait until they unlock Fossil Trace. Because straight yeah, up the greatest golf courses in the world are there. And I remember playing that in the wintertime when you couldn't really go outside. And I would just I would put my phone, the screen right up to my face, and I really felt like I was outdoors and my body you know was on some kind of fake uh, artificial vitamin d high like i really felt like i was outdoors the graphics are that good but how much cooler would that be if you know you weren't on one of these 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 great courses like beth page black but you were right in your own backyard in fossil trace so that'd be amazing you you tell them that man they're they're gonna listen and and they're gonna have to do something about that that would be pretty cool I think Fossil Trace was an OG BSN Denver sponsor. Like they might have been was, I remember that. original like sponsor for the podcast for this podcast, like when it very first started. So yeah, man, Fossil Trace is dope. But unfortunately, again, and I hate to belabor the point and and I hate to uh frustrate the people who would rather talk about literally any other aspect of the team, but somebody not swinging the stick well again. And, and we just talked about being due, but Nolan Arenado, another over day uh, rolled into an early double play that, that killed what could have been an early rally. He's sitting there with the 255 batting average, uh, but black is, has not moved him down in the lineup at all. He was in there batting, Third today, you and I have talked about at least moving them down to fifth. Um, you know, it it it's not the reason they lost the ball game today. You know, where there are others you can look at and go, man, he left a lot of guys on base. His his lob number today was one. You know, that's that's not killing you. But Patrick, we've said before that this team will go as. Nolan Arenado goes for the rest of the season. And so when he goes over and they lose, it's not super surprising. No. And, and after Tapia's leadoff home run, first, second, and third in the lineup, 0 for 11. Story went 0 for 5. But, but again, he's batting 295. He's, he hasn't really been the issue. As you said, it is Nolan Arenado. It, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating. You know, it's, it's, it's coming at the, the wrong times when, you know, he's he's not able to to produce like they need to. And again, the bullpen does their job. It doesn't matter that he goes 0 for 3. It, it doesn't matter in any shape or form. But that's not the totally. world that we live in right now. The bullpen nope. is struggling. So all of those runs are all that much more valuable. And uh, he's not chipping in on that. He's, you know, besides not driving in those runs, if he's not getting on base, how is Blackman and Murphy supposed to drive and runs? Like there's this, right. you know, trickle down effect. I, uh, we we were talking uh, just yesterday about are some of our DraftKings bets for hey Trevor Story to score the most runs in MLB and Story going into Friday's games was fifth with 31 runs behind Fernando Tatis and in a normal year when Nolan Arenado is doing Nolan Arenado things, Trevor Story is much higher on that list. Yep. He might be number one. And yep. you're 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 getting some notifications about you know potential buyouts and you can already cash out and make some money even before the season ends. But as it were, 
Nolan has been struggling in, in a major way, or at least struggling for him and struggling for a number three hitter. You know, there yeah. are other guys on different days, depending on the matchup, that you might like and say, I, I like what this guy's doing. And um, it, it just doesn't seem seem to be working out. And you know what? Maybe maybe Buddy just feels that if, if anyone else is in that three spot and, and Nolan is you know, hitting fifth, like, like we kind of feel might need to happen, it's going to be the same result, if not worse. And now maybe you've lost Nolan Arenado. I don't know. Yeah, and you certainly don't want to do that. And it's not like he's giving you absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, 255 isn't, you know, it's it's not brutal. But where's the, I just want to make sure I got, and I don't think this includes tonight. And no one else is producing where you go, oh, this guy has to be hitting third. Who has to be hitting third right now? Yes, Charlie Blackman's still batting 340, but some of that is just, you know, a vestige of of what he was doing when he was batting 500. So um, by no means do you go, Blackman's got to be hitting third. Right. No, I mean, I'd, I'd just load up on, on those contact guys and go, as we talked about, Toppy, Hampson, Story, Blackman, and, and, and I don't know that that – solves the problem in any way <clears throat> i think you're right I, I mean the solution to the problem is no one comes out of his funk i don't think this includes today he's hitting 167 with runners in scoring position that's 53 plate appearances and in 94 plate appearances with men on base this year he's hitting 210 slugging 346 that's just that's that's just not Nolan Arenado, and yeah. it's it, it's so far below his career numbers, it's absurd. And so you know, I know, and and uh, argued with Manny the other day, and and he talked about it being a slump. But this is the worst run production stretch of his career, easily, and by far the longest he's gone in a slump where he hasn't been able to produce runs. So you can try to excuse it in a small sample size, but it's very clearly hurting the Rockies' chances to win. And the only question now, Patrick, is, is there enough time and can he turn it around? And will he go nuclear hot at just the right time for the Colorado Rockies? I'll say this. Buddy's not dropping him to fifth in the lineup. We know that that's not happening. It seems like you won't, yeah. So go the other way. Go the other way. Do you bat Nolan Arenado second? Two. With story behind him. He sees more fastballs. Could change up some some things just a little bit. I like this. And and maybe, again, it, it he just gets more at-bats, gets out of it. He's not, he's not really even thinking about driving runs. He's probably going to have less opportunities. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, with with runners Shows on base, <laughs> whatever it is, it's it's but just something different. It's just something different yep. to change it up, and you know, it's it's not a demotion, right? To, to batting fifth, um, you know, going batting second is isn't a demotion either. You know, and again, Carlos Beltran for years in his yeah. prime, he was hitting second, and you know, a lot of guys end up hitting second in in, yeah. in recent memory where that's that's almost where you want your best hitter to be uh, rather than third now at this point. So, you know, maybe that's one of those things that can change up. Ultimately, I, I, I don't think 
we're going to see Nolan be Nolan because the numbers uh, are just just bearing it out that there was something that happened this offseason that he tweaked to get better, and that tweak actually has, has made him a bit worse. He's making more contact, but not as much hard contact. He's not, yeah. not hitting the balls as hard uh, with, with authority. And, you know, again, he's, he's, he's making more contact, but contact really was, was never an issue. You know, even, even guys that are just three um, true outcome guys, if you, can, if you can walk every third at bat, hit a homer every third at bat, and then you, you can take those strikeouts. If, even if you strike out 200 times, mm-hmm. you're hitting, you know, 40-plus home runs there's going to be a job out there for you on just about all 30 teams. So that was never an issue. So it's, it's interesting to think he would have made uh, a tweak like that to get better on contact, which he clearly has, but worse on quality of contact. Yeah. I, uh, I'll show this to the people hanging out here on our uh, video today. I put this graphic in uh, an article I wrote recently. So hopefully you're either watching live or you've uh, subscribed to the dnvr.com so you can take a look at this stat cast information that you can see uh, exactly what Patrick is talking about here. He's striking out less than just almost literally anybody in baseball and he's whiffing or swinging and missing less than almost everybody in baseball, but everything else, he's in the bottom third, sometimes in the bottom 20% hard hit rate, ex-WOBA, expected batting average, exit velocity. He's here, you know, he's now below uh, league average in expected slugging percentage. He's below league average in barrel percentage. There's, There's nothing that Nolan Arenado is doing uh, in terms of a batted ball profile right now that would suggest to you it's it, it's going to turn around. He needs to change his approach. All of that has to change, and it has to change almost immediately. Yeah, just get back to what he, you know, has been doing, you know, for seven years of a Hall of Fame career, which, which shouldn't, you know, be too hard unless there, again, there are other things that we don't know going on behind the scenes, but there's always things going on behind the scenes and guys are always working through those issues. So it's, it's, uh, it's very perplexing to see something like this, you know, go down and, and maybe the one saving grace is that, you know, while it might be an entire quote unquote season that Nolan Arenado takes a major step back, it's a 60 game season. That's it. It does. It doesn't really count as a season per se, when we say, oh man, how many great seasons versus bad seasons? Well, even a great season in 2020 isn't a great season. It's a great two-month right. stretch. So that that's the one one caveat there. Um, but that, and that was precisely why I, I, I pushed our friend Manny to ask him what he would do. And he tried to get away from it and say what Jeff Breidich would do. I said, no, what would you do? Because that's the right answer is even if this team falls completely out of it in a 60-game season, a lot of stuff opens up in the offseason, and there's some opportunity there. You may not believe that Jeff Breidich will do the right thing. Totally understand why anyone might believe that. But there's one more opportunity, whether this team 
turns it around and goes awesome and and has a great finish to 2020 or they fall totally out of it and even miss the playoffs that everyone else is going to make um it's going to be very fascinating to see what they can try to do to build around this one last core because you don't expect this to happen to Nolan Arenado ever again and some of these moves forward we've seen from the young starting pitching, particularly Sensatella and Freeland this year, are remarkably encouraging. So build a little bit of a bullpen, get some depth here. But yeah, um, see what happens for the rest of this short season. Yeah, and, and this team looks a lot better in 2020 and 2021 with a good bullpen, as as Chase correctly points out. Yep. It's, it's the worst DRA. Uh right now in, in, in the national league. So yeah. really struggling, but again, you, you, you make that change. And now you talk about, Hey, this is a, this is a very good team. They've been consistent team all year long, et cetera, et cetera. Bring but, back Daniel Bard. You get Scott Oberg back. You, you, sure. you look at a couple of things. You stop spending the big money. You have big tryouts of 35 year olds who have had the yips for the last couple of years. Every, just bring them all in and see who can yeah. figure it out, man. And and to be fair, you know, and I don't think Manny, you know, would would have made this very specific point. But the one, I guess, detractor of this uh, for the idea of, you know, the Rockies being um, not a perennial contender, but but something very close to that. Again, back to back playoff appearances in seventeen and eighteen. We'll say nineteen was a hiccup. They're in the they're in the race and hunt for it right now. Um, is hey, if you can't figure out. What's going on with the bullpen? And if you don't have a quality bullpen, you will never have a contending team. And, and that's that's right. I mean, that no matter where you're at, you need a good bullpen. But um, I think that that's not out of the, the realm of possibilities. The Rockies have had good bullpens in the past. Good. Um, I, I don't 1995, know. they had a great bullpen, yeah. sir. <laughs> and I and I don't know what the reason yeah, is for that. And I, I don't think Colorado has, knows the answer to that either. Of like, what's the what's the formula to ensure that they they have a good year out of the bullpen? They they still don't know, and that's kind of the most perplexing thing. Is you got to hope that the starting pitching and the offense and defense is in line with the bullpen, because if they are slightly off. It, they're just going to detract from one another, and you're going to have what the Rockies have had over the course of their now 28 seasons is good, but but not good enough. You know, coming out just underneath the 500 mark more times than not. Um, if they can figure out how to get those two things to line up, boom, it's going to lock in. And it's I don't know, it's an Indiana Jones metaphor here for. I think that yeah. All that jazz, and, and and you got it, and you got it. They've they've unlocked the Rubik's cube, which that's not what happens with the Rubik's cube, where there's a, pre, a treasure holy, inside of it. The Holy Grail, just none of that crystal skull nonsense. Just you know, what was his name? Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf swinging yes? with the, was yeah Shia LaBeouf swinging with the the monkeys in the trees. That was that's the worst movie I've ever seen in the movie theaters. Was that Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skulls? The by far the worst movie I've ever seen in the theater. I uh, 
I don't know why, but I am a huge Shia LaBeouf fan. And I haven't even seen a lot of his films. I enjoy his work. I kind of like him as a human being. Enjoy him, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like him as a human being. Actually, on Amazon Prime, they've got uh, Honey Boy. Have you you seen that? I haven't seen that yet. I heard it's really good. He wrote it. Um, He plays his father in in the film, essentially. So he's he's just an interesting character. Uh, He's in a... I can't remember which Lars von Trier film. I'm a Lars von Trier fan. Have you ever seen a Lars von Trier movie, Drew? I don't know the name. What are the what are the big hits? Uh, I mean, by his own standards, you um, you will ball up in the fetal position if you see any of his films. Uh, they are that. Uh, Dogville is probably one of the bigger ones. Nicole Kidman. I think she might have gotten some yeah. Golden Globe um, nominations for that. Um, actually, before that one was Dancer in the Dark. That was one that Bjork was in. Okay, that, that's, that's soul crushing. Okay, his one before that, the first one was uh, Breaking the Waves. I think soul crushing. Um, it's these. It's it's like the worst of humanity. And uh, yeah, Lars von Trier. He did he did that. Uh, Matt, um, not Matt Damon, the other Matt um, from. Uh, now I sound like an old guy from uh, Everybody Loves Mary. From the thing with the stuff with the thing. And wild uh-huh. things, Matt. Whatever uh, he did was the house that Jack built. Who was like about? It's about like a serial killer. And, oh. Uh, and people walked out of it and stuff. Yeah. But the dude is he's he's a I think he's a, a Danish filmmaker, and wow, it's uh, it's crazy. I don't know how we got on that topic, but oh, we've lost everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called Nymphomaniac Part One and Nymphomaniac Part Two, and it's uh, wow, it'll. It's it's like you're looking into a real human being's soul, all of his his films, and you're gonna have to pause it a bunch of times. Um, like excuse myself. Contact to... your girlfriend. She's like, hey, I just want to know, you know, I love you. And it's, <laughs> it's seriously, it's I'm not gonna say it's life changing, but if you can get through an entire Lars von Trier film, um, yeah, it's gonna make you think about some things. Lars yeah. von Trier, look him up. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'll, uh, yeah, As if being a Colorado Rockies fan wasn't crushing enough for your soul out there, everyone. Check out this Lars von Trier film. <laughs> Check out these films. That'll, that'll break you a little bit more. Well, on that note. <laughs> we didn't talk about wrestling, but we did get into a little bit on films. So that's all right. We didn't. Payback was all right. I'm wearing a Mountain Man shirt, too. Oh, Yeah. I do, I do like the idea of uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler as a tag team. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, they just kind of randomly threw them together, but they're they're dope. I they're, think the place. I mean, they're scary. They would scare yes. the hell out of me. Like literally, like if they walked into a bar. And I actually think Shayna Baszler is among the scariest actual. You know the thing of like, who do you not want to run into in a real fight? Um, among all these fake fighter people, she's near the top of my list of like. She would kill me. Like she, she knows how to incapacitate me quicker than even like Braun Strowman, who could throw me through a wall or whatever. But like, you could survive that maybe. You'd be yeah. concussed. He would go, "Oh, Drew's dead." He'd walk away. And you'd wake up, and then you know, after you get out of the hospital for six months wearing a halo, you go, "Ha ha, I win." <laughs> Straight up. But Shayna Baszler could, I think, in less than ten seconds. Kill me. 
Well, she's a black belt in Kill Kwon Do. Yeah, so right. She definitely would. And then, I mean, right up there is Nia Jax also. She's That's, that's a Breck brew, Chase. Very... Let's go. Come on. That's Breck brew. You got to know what's up. But yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, we got to wrap this thing up. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out and listening to the show, even though the Colorado Rockies continue to lose to the Los Angeles Dodgers. If you're surprised, you haven't been paying attention lately. Uh, I doubt anyone listening to this is, was surprised that the Rockies lost, but you know what? One day, and I promise you this, look at me, look into my eyes. Rockies will beat the Dodgers again someday in the future. They will beat the Dodgers. Hey, our promise that the when the Rockies had lost seven in a row, we said the Rockies would win a game again that month. And I think they won like a whopping two games in <laughs> that final away. week in August. And so when Drew says they will beat the L.A. Dodgers, a couple of things is going to need to happen for that. One, we're Watch definitely it. going to need to survive this COVID thing in order for <laughs> baseball to survive, and they continue to have more matchups. Step one. But then, at some point within, I don't want to say the next decade, well, let's just, let's not put a date on it, the Rockies will beat the Dodgers. Yes, will, it will happen. Will the Rockies beat the Dodgers this year? Maybe. I know, right? Will they beat... No, you can't even say it. <laughs> will they beat the Dodgers this decade? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> will they beat the Dodgers this century? More confident. <laughs> Feeling more confident. Put the DraftKings over on that. I'm going to take the over. On and this. will they beat the Dodgers this millennia? Yes. Yes. All right? You want a hot take? Yeah. You want a hot take 53 minutes into this? We recorded this episode over two days. I can't believe we talked for 53 minutes after that. We talked Friday and Saturday. This is a two-day podcast now, and we are hot taking it. Rockies over Dodgers at some point in the next millennia. Book it. Lock it in. There are people listening to this. I have no idea why, so I'm going to let you all go. To bed? <laughs> no, no. Here's what you. Here's what we should do. This is the point. This is the perfect point where we have a special code word for all of the the, the folks still watching this, or even if you watch it later on, that's fine. And if you kind of go up to Drew, or you just slip them a little uh, napkin, you know, because you're keeping social distancing, and it just has the word, you know, Fliberty Gibbet. You go, nice, and you go. I got your next round. You know, I don't put that pressure on you, but you know what I'm saying? You can just give a wink and you go. Excellent. Rosebud. Thank you. His napkin said Rosebud. It means something. Don't worry about it. People who were there know you were there and you know, because you're awesome. So make sure that you're still following us on all the social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick P. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so that you can read all of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on merchandise like shirts, hats, masks. 
You can get a bigger beer down at the DNBR bar if you swing on by. There's other stuff too, right? I can't remember. There's other stuff too. And <laughs> I'll throw that and put me in the commercials. Subscribe to the DNBR.com. You get all kinds of stuff, just facts and facts. other stuff. Besides and, and, the stuff you get, you also get other stuff. The, these are all facts of the case and they are undisputed. That will be my last Aaron Sorkin quote of the evening. Thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Kreisman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.